Hi, today we're here with um, me, Becky, and the other Becky from Thriving Language as well, and she's going to talk Hi. to us about... Hi, Bex! Hello. She's going to talk to us about um, being a cleft palate specialist, which is part of her um, earlier speech and language role as well. So, Bex, we just wondered, sort of, what is cleft palate? Would you give us a little bit more understanding on this? Research for cleft palate for children having cleft palate in those regions as well. Yeah, so there's a lot of active research at the moment going on and looking into the causes of cleft because there are there are certain drugs that are really are linked to cleft that it's thought that there is some element of, of genetic component, but nobody really knows. So there are big studies going on at the moment looking at identifying the causes of cleft. And I think at the moment the thinking is going to be that it's quite multifactorial, so there are lots of elements that contribute. Um, but yeah, we still really don't know. Don't know. So so really, like sort of moving on from that, what what does it mean for the child and what sort of what would if if you uh, had your had a child and they had um, a cleft palate, what would that mean for you and your child? What would your journey look like? I think the first thing to to comment on would be feeding. So um, if if the child has a cleft palate, so the gap in the roof of the mouth, it is almost impossible to breastfeed. Um, that can be challenging for parents and mums who want to their babies themselves um, because it that that sort of right is taken away from them so the reason for that is because the baby cannot create a suction and, and right. a seal so what happens is we've got a specialist nurse a team of specialist nurses who support the families with feeding and we have modified bottles where the the parent has to squeeze the bottle in time with the baby's efforts to suck so yeah. you're sort of so yeah so it's exhausting um and it's hard work and, and also the, the teat on the end of the bottle is flat and modified so it sort of sits better in the baby's mouth so 
Um, so feeding can take a while to be established. Um, some babies get on better than others, so we have got some brilliant specialist nurses. The other thing that it means for babies is surgery. Um, so if the baby's born with a cleft of the lip, I, typically they'd have surgery from a um, and then the, the roof of the mouth, the hard, soft palate from 9 to 12 months. Sorry, I um, lost you on that first bit there. On, on the first bit, how, what was this, when would the surgery be for the cleft lip? For the, for the lip, yeah, about three months. Right, um, okay. uh, at the moment, things with the way things are, it's, it's, all surgery is delayed. We know why, because we're currently in, in the pandemic. Um, but the, the roof of the mouth, why is that important? So we've, so that's, that's feeding, that's surgery. Um, the other thing to consider is speech. We know that roughly 50% of children with a cleft palate will need speech therapy. Um, we don't know which ones are going to fall, you know, which, which children go into that camp and which don't. But the reason for that is the soft bit at the back of your mouth, that's the soft palate, that's a muscle. What it has to do is it lifts up to close off the nose so that we can say speech sounds like papa, tada, those sorts of sounds. Okay, yeah. It doesn't have to move for three sounds, which is muffa mummy, nuffa nanny, and ing like singing. Those sounds, the soft palate doesn't move, the air comes out of the nose. So if if you've got um, a hole in the back of your mouth, you cannot get that soft palate to move, the muscles won't work. So that's where surgery comes in. Uh, we also know that for some children, they can have their palate operation, but speech still doesn't develop. So okay. it's either speech death, Therapy or so for some children, this is a this is a huge journey of, of speech therapy and surgery, and we have a, we have psychology psychology support as well and counselling support for our children and families. So it's lots of team members. So I was just thinking that with with obviously that really first element of feeding, because actually, how hard is is that? Because it's harder. It's really hard, isn't it, when you're trying to breastfeed or you're trying to feed it anyway in the middle of the night and you're absolutely exhausted and you do yeah. worry as a new parent don't you that you know your baby's getting enough food so so to have that support around around you is absolutely vital isn't it yeah absolutely and I think that you know we have great great relationships with our families generally and we host uh, coffee local coffee mornings um, when we can which is we've done that's run by myself um, Julie who's our local psychologist and Lisa who's our specialist nurse and the three of us run a support group coffee morning where we, you know any local families can attend and it's it's, it's uh, children that are not yet in school so there's a lot of and the parents are really supportive of each other because I always say to our families you know I I can tell you the theory I can I can tell you what you could be doing but I've not had to hand my baby over for an operation like that so oh, having yeah. that support from other parents I think is really really good I think it's understanding everybody's journey isn't it and understanding like it's <laughs> going to be different but actually you're there to support and have fab that you can all get in together. So if somebody was looking for some support, would, would it, they, so the cleft parrot would be picked up as soon as the baby was born or while the, while the um, parents were pregnant? So if, if the baby has a cleft lip, that can be picked up on a 20-week scan, not okay. always, depending on which position the baby's in. Um, if, if the lip is unaffected and there is just a cleft palate, it's very unlikely that would be picked up on a scan unless the baby was yawning at the right time. Okay. Um, so sometimes that comes as a real shock to parents. It should, it should be picked up when the baby is born with the midwife check, but some 
pallets do get missed um, and babies um, really struggle to feed, they, they fail to thrive and that has a massive impact on everybody's well-being. Um, so early identification is, is the gold standard really, but it's sometimes these things do get missed. Yeah, so so actually, and, and so if somebody was looking for some more support, is there somewhere, you know, we can put some links on here that we could, they could yeah, access? Yeah, absolutely. So the, and again, so if anybody needs support personally, or if people are interested and want to find out more information, it's that the CLAPA website is C-L-A-P-A, so it's Cleft Lip and Palette Association. Uh, that's a really trusted website. They do lots of fundraising, lots of raising awareness, um, and they've got some really good information um, on, and lovely stories and, you know, stories of the parents and the patient's journey on their website. So we'll put the link to that. Oh, that, so that's really good for early years um, professionals as well and, ed and educational professionals to be able to go and have a look and understand a little bit more and yeah yeah and again, absolutely. and again they can always um anybody can always email into us at rebecca at thrivinglanguage.co.uk and you can yeah. you can also subscribe to our website now can't you so www.thrivinglanguage.co.uk pop on over and subscribe and um our podcasts are all on there so you can link the link them on there and they're also um sort of some online training now so they're struggling to communicate and a few other ones on there so worth having a little bit keep in touch and become part of our community and we can all help each other together thank you Excellent. Bex. that thank was really interesting thanks bye